Mix FM, Pittsburgh's rock and alternative, and iHeartRadio station. Well, today was reporting day for training camp at Latrobe for your Pittsburgh Steelers. And Antonio Brown arrived by helicopter. Apparently, he's gotten over his frustration with being in the media spotlight all the time. Uh, A.B. arrived in a heli with a lot of money, a reputation and resume that befits the best wide receiver in football, Hall of Fame statistics, and without any rings. Uh, For those wondering where A.B. got the idea, Ric Flair did it years ago at the Great American Bash in Charlotte, arriving by helicopter before his match with the Russian nightmare Nikita Kolov. There were a lot more people at the bash than there were today at Latrobe. Vince Williams, our buddy Vince, showed up as Stone Cold Steve Austin, had the vest and had the championship belt, also with zero rings. You know, that would have been really funny had a good player done it. I don't know what happened at reporting day at New England's training camp, if that's even occurred yet, but I doubt Anybody showed up in a helicopter or dressed as a professional wrestler. They did bring a lot of rings with them, however. Uh, There's a report Eli Rogers is going to return to the Steelers. Why not? Can't hurt. At least they know what they got, although normally I don't like recycling. And Marquise Pouncey spoke about James Harrison saying the Steelers and Coach Mike Tomlin lack discipline and that Tomlin plays favorites. Marquise Ponzi said, after you retire, everyone has a lot to say, unquote. And that's exactly what Marquise Ponzi should have said. This is the Mark Madden Show. The last time I turned on the radio and heard somebody more charismatic than me Oh, wait, I screwed that up. If I had a dime for zero dimes, you get the idea. Obviously, Bench did a better job imitating wrestlers today than I did just there. That number again, 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, Tim Ben's going to join us from Latrobe in the 4 o'clock hour. Today, the first day of Stiller's training camp, so it is... Time to open fire, get out the styrofoam cooler and the Chase Lounge. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with Antonio Brown showing up in a helicopter, but he ain't won nothing. It's equally fair for me to point that out. He's an entertainer. Some people like him. I like the guys who entertain and win. Antonio hasn't done that yet. It's not his fault necessarily, but you either have a ring or you don't, and he does not. Apparently has a helicopter, and at least it did not park in a handicapped space. 
Your thoughts on the arrivals of Antonio Brown, Vince Williams, and what uh, Marquise Ponzi had to say about James Harrison, dial 412-333-WXDX. The Antonio thing was a good visual, no question. The Vince thing, to dress up like Steve Austin with the vest and the swagger and the belt in front of like a dozen people, like I said, that would have been better if a good player did it. Had a good player done it, more people would have paid attention. Uh, Pirates are playing right now. They're down 2-0 in the seventh at Cleveland. But the Pirates have won 11 in a row. Uh, in the last two seasons, 87 wins got the second wild card in the National League. So the Pirates have to go 34-26 the rest of the way to get 87 wins. Can they do it? Are they up to that? Uh, you tell me. 412-333-WXDX. Uh, last night was another big effort by the Bucks. They beat Cleveland 9-4 at the mistake by the lake. The Pirates led 7-1 after the top of the second and never looked back. Musgrove pitched well. Marte, Polanco, and Bell all went deep. The only guys capable of carrying the Pirates are doing just that. Like I said, Pirates uh, trail 2-0 at Cleveland as we speak. There is bad news. Dickerson didn't play today. Whammy and his hammy. And then Marte got hit by a pitch in the first inning on the hand and had to leave the game. And uh, a prolonged absence by either of those two, let alone uh, by both, uh, would have serious implications for the Pirates. After today, the Pirates return home, and we will see what kind of crowd they have at PNC on Thursday because that will really tell a story, uh, perhaps even more so than the Pirates winning 11 games in a row. Uh, all the Pirates who were ripping up July, it's just a shame they all sucked in June because instead of chasing a wild card, the Pirates right now would be in a wild card. Imagine if they had kept Garrett Cole, who's only making 6.5 mil this year and has one more year arbitration. Forget about Kutch because they honestly didn't need Kutch anymore, but they probably should have kept Garrett Cole. Uh, people talk about getting Chris Archer from Tampa, who's making 6.25 mil. Well, if you want to do that, the Pirates should have just kept Garrett Cole. And they didn't get all that much in return for him. Uh, right now, I think Huntington has to be a buyer at the deadline, unless the Pirates lose today and then the next two or three in a row. On top of that, I think Huntington needs to be a buyer. And to avoid a PR nightmare... He's got to at least stand pat. We have some effervescent guests on today. Uh, Derek Grant from the Penguins was our guest yesterday late in the show. We'll play his interview again for you today at 3.30. Check out my uh, page at WXDX.com. Posted a photo of uh, Derek Grant and this fish he caught. A sturgeon, 8 feet 4 inches. Looks like he caught the friggin' Loch Ness Monster. Then... At 4.15, we think, depending on when Tomlin talks, uh, live from training camp, it's Tim Benz. 
Going to talk a bit later about the Dortmund-Benfica football match tonight at Heinz Field, part of the International Champions Cup. Let's go now to Matt in Penn Hills. Matt, you're on with Double M. Kiesel. Hello? Hey, Mark, it's Matt Kiesel. Yeah, Matt, what's up? Hey, I don't believe he should be able to fly in on a helicopter to training camp. He hasn't won anything. Well, he can do whatever he wants, Matt, uh, you know, air traffic control permitting. But, uh, you know, just like everybody points out all the catches and all the bling and all the endorsements, I'm going to point out that he has no rings. And he can arrive that way. And every time he does, I'm going to point out that he has no rings. And like I said, how about this guy? A.B. was practically in tears. I can't live my own life. Nobody leaves me alone ever. And then he lines up the camera and arrives at training camp in a helicopter. I mean, it's one or the other. If you don't want the attention like you said you didn't want the attention, then you don't show up at training camp in a helicopter. Then again, that's what they said about... uh, no, better better not say that. Uh, <laughs> that uh, you know what I should do? I should write down all my lines that I censor on the way out of my mouth. Uh, let's go to Brandon in Greensburg. Brandon, you're on with Mark. How's it going, Mark? Great. Uh, you know, I don't think they're going to go anywhere. They're just going to let everybody down like you do every freaking year. Who, the Pirates? Yeah. Oh, you could be talking about the Steelers. They haven't won a Super Bowl for 10 years. Well, either or. Maybe <laughs> Very good. Thank you for the call. Pirates only have one hit after seven innings. One hit? That's all we got is one GD hit? Don't worry. Nobody's listening. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, got a ton of stuff to talk about today. Uh, at 4 o'clock, we're going to play the what-if game. What if the Penguins had kept Penguins? What if the Pirates had kept Garrett Cole and Jay Happ? Where would they be right now? And could they have afforded to do it? That's the question that uh, kind of carries the discussion. If you want to talk about A.B. showing up in a helicopter, again, I have no problem with him doing it. It, it, it. But then don't cry about constantly being under the media microscope. And you don't have no rings. Vince Williams showing up at Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yo, Vince. I met Stone Cold Steve Austin. I know Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin is a friend of mine. And Vince, you're no Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's funny if a good player does it. But Vince, you ain't good, so it's not that funny. 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Let's face it, you've always been in love with me, and this is just your moment of clarity. I don't think so. Oh, I know so. The X at 105.9. We haven't mentioned the NFL anthem policy in a couple days. Uh, It's on hold. They're reviewing it. But the policy, as most recently written, says that the players have the option of remaining in the locker room during the anthem. Uh, Jerry Jones, the Cowboys owner, said today that Cowboys players will be required to stand for the anthem and cannot remain in the locker room. I wonder if anybody's going to ask Mike Tomlin 
or any of the players about the anthem policy today at the first day of Steelers training camp in Latrobe because you might not like it, but the anthem policy will be the number one story in the NFL in week one. Who stays in the locker room? Who doesn't? Who stands? Who kneels? It's going to be the number one story, which is why they need to come up with something definitive. And even if what they come up with definitively causes a big blow-up at that moment, it'll be over and done, mostly in that moment. But now everything's still so ambiguous. Anyway, we got the Pirates on fire, losing 2-0 to Cleveland currently. We got the Steelers at training camp. We got Brush and Dortmund and Benfica at Heinz Field tonight, and I will be there. We had the Eagles last night at PPG Paints Arena. I went to that. Uh, it was very good, but very quiet. Uh, the quietest rock show I've ever been to in terms of both crowd and volume. Uh, Vince Gill, the country guy, was real good doing a lot of the vocals left behind by the late Glenn Fry. His son, Deacon Fry, was there more as a legacy, but he, he did some good work, did some good vocals. I enjoyed the show. It was the most countrified Eagles I've ever heard, though, for better or worse. Uh, at 4 o'clock, we're going to get to the notion the Pirates should have kept Garrett Cole and maybe signed Jay Happ. Hindsight's twenty twenty to be sure, but Cole is affordable. Look what he's doing with Houston. Then again, would Cole have done that with Pittsburgh, having to pitch the contact? Uh, we don't know that. Uh, getting back to Steelers training camp. Uh, it's going to be the same old, same old at Latrobe. If anybody tackles more, like they're promising, Keith Butler, the defensive coordinator, talked about more hitting and tackling in practice at training camp this year. If anybody does tackle more, it'll be the scrubs and the schlubs, not the starters. Now, I have a feeling about certain things for this season. Abel is going to get off to a slow start like last year and have an off season like he kind of did last year, if you look at anything but volume. But Bell will still get paid almost what he wants. Ben and Antonio Brown are going to have a monster season. Vance McDonald is going to step way up. And if he can stay healthy, he's going to be the number two target at times. Juju is going to backslide because he's thinking about everything but football. The defense is going to stink. But the Steelers will win the division. The Steelers will make the playoffs. And although I have no logic to support this, this, this will be the year the Steelers beat New England in the playoffs. New England is finally going to hit a wall of sorts. Maybe not go splat. But the Patriots won't be as good as they were, and neither will Tom Brady. It's kind of like the Penguins and Washington Capitals. Sooner or later, the Capitals had to beat the Penguins. They played all the time. Both were good teams, and the Capitals finally did beat the Penguins. It's the same thing with the Patriots and Steelers, and this is going to be the year with the Steelers. And then the Steelers will get wiped out by Jacksonville in the next round. I hate to be too optimistic about the Steelers. Winning the division, 10 wins is as far as I can go right now. Because of the defense, the shortcomings on that side of the ball, and because the Steelers won five games 
last year by three points or less. So there was a very fine line between 13 and three and eight and eight. The Post-Gazette got it right today, though. The Post-Gazette had a headline about the Steelers. Offense appears powerful. Hey, no kidding? Really? Wow. That's certainly going out on a limb. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Up next, we got an interview with new Penguin Center, Derek Grant. How about this for a stat? He didn't score a goal in his first 92 NHL games. He's a forward. That's Shane-esque. Didn't score a goal in his first 92 NHL games, but he has since scored 12 in his last 60. Maybe he's finally coming into his own at age 28. 412 Derek Grant up next, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. So, uh, what's happening? He's a little guy. What? I'd love to get the ball to say what you want to say. Very good point. The X at 105.9. My guest right now is the newest member of the Penguins, having just signed as a free agent. It's a pleasure to welcome center Derek Grant. Uh, Derek, we'll get to the hockey in a second. What about this big fish you caught? I got this picture, this, <laughs> this sturgeon. What is it, eight foot long? Where the heck did you catch that? Uh, yeah, the big one we got, uh, I think it was about eight foot four, uh, estimated around 330 pounds. So, uh, that's not too far from where I live, uh, here in BC on, the, on the Fraser River. Now, what do you do with that fish? Do you mount it? Do you throw it back? Do you eat it? I mean, what's a sturgeon for? Uh, you can't keep them. So, uh, there's a, there's a tag and, uh, just a catch and release. And, um, you know, they try to record them and, uh, you know, monitor their growth and all that. So, uh, I know, Years ago, you used to be able to keep them, but uh, now they're a protected species. So um, they're just a lot of fun to catch, and, and it's a lot of fun to get out there on the water. How long did it take? Uh, the big one was probably, I think it was our last fish we caught that day, and um, that one was probably just under an hour of battling. So um, your arms and your back are pretty sore afterwards, but uh, it's definitely worth the fight. Wow, that, that's amazing. Well well done, because that thing looks like the Loch Ness Monster in this in this picture. Now, <laughs> Hockey-wise, let's start with the obvious question. The Penguins have a ton of centers. You're a center. What made this situation nonetheless attractive to you? Well, I think um, anytime you get the opportunity to, to come to an organization like Pittsburgh, uh, you want to you take that opportunity. And I think, um, you know, talking to Jim, um, he said that, that most of the centers, and, and me included, are, are able to play the wing. And um, I think anytime you want to have a, a good championship team, you have to have that depth down the middle. And um, you know, I think it, with the versatility of having guys, you know, being able to play play the middle or play the wing, um, I think it's a good problem to have. Now, how often have you played wing, Derek? I know you do have some experience uh, at the wing. Yeah, I played, um, you know, kind of in and out uh, pretty much every year of my career so far. Um, obviously, mostly center the past couple of years. Uh, but I think growing Growing up, uh, you know, I, I was mostly a center. Uh, I played wing, actually, for probably a full season um, when I was uh, just coming into the league. And then, uh, you know, I took on the center role and, um, you know, tried to develop my game into into a full-time centerman. But, you know, you find yourself in different situations and on different teams where, um, you know, you have five or six centers and, and somebody's forced to play the wing. So um, it's a bit of a learning curve, I guess, at the start. But, uh, you know, it's not too bad. Now, you were a, a big point producer in college with Michigan State, and you've adapted to a third, fourth-line role 
in the NHL. What's that adjustment been like? How much has your game had to change? Yeah, I think uh, when I first came into the league, or to the American League especially, um, you know, we had a pretty good deep team, and I was kind of forced into, um, you know, that third-line center kind of checking role. And, um, you know, I had Luke Richardson as a coach there, and he's obviously a, a pretty defensive player and defensive-minded player, and he helped me out a lot uh, in that regard. And, um, you know, I just I tried to take that season and, and take that position and run with it. And, um, you know, take a lot of pride in the, in the penalty kill aspects and the defensive shutdown, uh, you know, style of play. And I think, uh, you know, I've been forced to kind of play up and down the lineup pretty much everywhere I've gone. And, uh, you know, I think it's kind of helped me round out the game to the point where I'm pretty comfortable, whether it be in a scoring role or in a checking role or in a fourth line role. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's kind of helped me, um, you know, get to this point in my career. Now, last year was big for you at Anaheim. Uh, you even got some talk six time because of injuries. What enabled you to have such a good season? Uh, 12 goals, a career high, a pretty good year. Yeah, I think for me, um, obviously you never want uh, you know some of your best players to get injured. Uh, but, uh, you know, it worked out in my favor last year. I was, I was given an opportunity early on in the season to, to play with some pretty high-end talent players. And, um, you know, I was able to click with those guys. And uh, I think for me personally, it, it's, you know that confidence that you gain throughout throughout those minutes and and throughout that time it it goes a long way in the rest of your season and um, you know what when I went back down to to the fourth line um, you know I, I think you play with a little bit more confidence and a little more edge and um, you know I tried to learn it as I go and um, you'll get better every day I show up at the rink. Now were you surprised and, and maybe disappointed, Derek, that Anaheim didn't do more to try and keep you? Uh, what were your discussions like with the Ducks? Yeah, I think, um, you know, at, at the end of the year, we kind of, um, you know, both had interest in, in me coming back. And um, obviously, it's a, it's a long time between the end of the season and, and free agency. So, you know, it's pretty quiet for, for a long period of time. And you're not too sure what's going on. And then as the, as the time gets closer and closer, you just, uh, you know, you kind of wait and see. And, um, you know, I thought, uh, we thought we might have had a deal somewhere on, on July 1st, but it uh, didn't go through. And then you find yourself uh, in a bit of a waiting pattern. And, um, you know, fortunately enough for me, um, you know, Jim called and um, you know, I was happy to, uh, to, to to come and be a part of the Pittsburgh Penguins, that's for sure. We're talking to Derek Grant. He's the newest Penguin here on the home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X. Now, I know you've known Justin Schultz since junior hockey, and you spoke with him before you signed with Pittsburgh. What kind of insight did he provide? And was that important to hear some stuff firsthand from a player? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, any, anytime you can talk to a guy that, um, you know, has kind of been in a similar situation, um, and then been with a team for, for a good amount of time, it's, it's, it's always important. And, um, you know, Schultz had nothing but, but good things to say. And, um, you know, we were, um, at a golf tournament for, for a charity here. And, um, you know, he just, he had nothing but great things to say about the guys and about the organization and about the city. And, um, you know, just, it makes you that much more excited. And, um, you know, I think knowing him as well, it makes you a little more comfortable, um, you know, going into camp. Now, you played about 300 minor league games before you became a regular in the NHL, Derek. How did that experience uh, shape you as a player and as a person? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the NHL is a funny league because, you know, nobody really wants to be there. Everyone wants to be in the NHL. But, uh, you know, for me personally, it's, you know, you play with so many great players and, um, so many guys that push each other every day because everyone wants to get to that next level. And, um, you know, I, play, I, was, I played on, I think, three different uh, AHL teams. 
and um, you know you learn a lot um, from the older guys on those teams when you're a young guy, and then pretty soon I was I was one of the the veteran guys on those teams, so you learn a lot from the young guys too, and you and you um, you know push yourselves and push them, and um, you know you develop maybe a bit of a leadership role, and uh, I think that goes a long way, and I think that league is is getting stronger and stronger. And uh, you know the players keep getting better, so um, you know it's a it's a great developmental league, and um, you know I was fortunate enough to uh, be able to play as long as I did there, and, and it's propelled me into this next level. Now, Derek, you're good on draws. Uh, you won 53 percent of them last year, and that's certainly a, a valuable skill. Does that come naturally to you, or is it something you've really had to work on over the years? I think it's it's a it's a it's a you know a game of uh, it's it's a mental game, I guess I could say. Um, you know, I've I've worked on it a lot. Um, there's not a lot of, of things you could really do to prepare other than, you know, trying to think about what other guys are going to do and, and then focusing on what you do well. And, um, you know, I think it's something you have to work on. We, we usually work on it every day or every couple of days at, at practice or in the morning on morning skates. And, um, you know, I like to watch video on, on the other centers as well and, you know, kind of see what they're, they're doing or they're thinking. And, um, you know, if you get put in a similar situation to, to something they did another day, um, you might know uh, what they're trying to do and, and can counter that a bit. Now, maybe intimidating isn't isn't the right word, Derek, because you're not a rookie, but what's it going to be like to, to walk into a locker room with Crosby and Malkin and, and guys who have won a few Stanley Cups? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously they're two world-class players and, um, you know, there's there's even more than that on the team uh, for world-class talent. And, um, you know, you sit there and you you play against them or you, or you watch them on TV and, um you know, obviously they're, they've done a lot in their careers. And, um, you know, it's, I said to Schulte too, I said, it's, it's a pretty cool group of guys you have and, and a couple Stanley Cups and, um, you know, being a part of a, a team that, you know, the pretty much all the core has, has been there and, and knows what it takes. It, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's a special environment and I'm excited to be a part of that for sure. Derek, listen, thank you so much for taking the time. Is any more fishing plan between now and training camp? I'm assuming so. <laughs> Nothing scheduled yet, but uh, you know it's a blast being out there. So hopefully I can get out one more time. Well, don't get hurt fishing. Don't don't begin your penguin <laughs> career that way. I'll leave the big ones in there for you, <laughs> Derek. Thanks again. We'll see you at camp. All right, thanks. That's Derek Grant of the Penguins. I'm Mark Madden of the X. Keep it right here on 105.9. You really Ford Wexford. And now the super genius Mark Madden. Hey, double F, big fan, man. Thanks. If you were a hot dog and you were starving, would you eat yourself? I would. I'd be delicious. Ditto. The X at 105.9. Comment from Craig Hayward about James Harrison saying that Tomlin lacks discipline and plays favorites. Quote, I think Tomlin treats everybody the way he wants to treat them, but it's all the way you look at it. I think some people have to be worked more. Some people don't. But that's about understanding your players. I don't think it's ever a slight, unquote. That is pretty much a non-answer by Cam Hayward and certainly doesn't deny that Tomlin teams lack discipline or that he plays favorites. This is the longest no quarter ever, I believe. Going to be about 12 minutes. I wish I was high so I could listen to the instrumental. Like you should listen to the instrumental of no quarter. Namely, high. No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. 
Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Pirates are down to their last dot in Cleveland. They trail 4-0. That would be the end of their 11-game win streak. The number's absolutely amazing for the Pirates during that 11-game win streak, but of course, they would be because the Pirates are on an 11-game win streak. Uh, during those 11 games, the Pirates outscored opponents 73-24. to That's averaging 6.6 runs per game. The team batting average was 316. The team ERA was 213. Uh, Marte hitting 354. Six homers, 16 ribbies, 771 slugging percentage. Polanco, 244 batting average, but with five home runs, 11 ribbies, and a 732 slugging percentage. And Corey Dickerson, 385 average, five home runs, nine ribbies, and a 949 slugging percentage. I don't know how Marte and Polanco went from being so inconsequential to being so torrid, but they have... And here we are. The key point to remember is the Rocky Mountain way is better than the way we had. That wraps it up. Indians win 4-0. But the Pirates do take two out of three from Cleveland, and they return home to start a four-game series with the Mets tomorrow. And I am really curious to see how many people show up at PNC Park to welcome the Bucks back. Uh, after having won two out of three at Cleveland and having closed to within three games of the wild card going into today. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, Jerome Aginla retired. He did just about everything you can do in a hockey career besides win the Stanley Cup and play on Sidney Crosby's line in Pittsburgh. Uh, There was a baseball trade that Red Sox got Eovaldi from Tampa Bay, gave up the number 15 prospect in their system. If the Red Sox can use Eovaldi, the Pirates certainly could. Would you trade Austin Meadows in the right deal? I wouldn't and the Pirates won't, but I'd want to know what the right deal was. I see a lot of people, and these are media people saying, well, Dickerson's going good, just you know, trade Meadows because you got Dickerson, Martin, Polanco. They're not going to keep Dickerson in the long term, and Meadows is really cheap for quite some time. you got to learn to think like the Pirates, not what, what they should do, but, but what they would do. I got lots of feedback on Twitter about kids not being allowed to eat in certain restaurants. We had the controversy in the paper yesterday about the NPR host who was in town but wasn't allowed to eat at some restaurant on Mount Washington because he had his kid with him. I still don't know the restaurant. Mum's the word on this one. I'm surprised. Most people who tweeted seem to think that not allowing kids to eat in restaurants, most people think that's not unreasonable. Of course, the most radical compared it to Jim Crow. Black people being denied service, for God's sake. I didn't get much feedback about Pitt parting company with Ox, the longtime equipment manager for football, so I guess nobody cares, or maybe nobody cares about Pitt.
If you're just tuning in, Steelers training camp started today. It was reporting today for the players. Antonio Brown showed up in a helicopter. He had his girlfriend and three kids in the helicopter with him. I can only assume the Instagram models came in a separate limousine. Uh, Vince Williams showed up dressed as Stone Cold Steve Austin. As I've said repeatedly, that would have been a lot funnier had a good player done it. Uh, The most overrated thing in Pittsburgh sports is Steelers training camp. Nothing of significance happens. Maybe two positions are up for grabs. Maybe five roster spots are up for grabs. They barely hit. I don't get the fascination with Steeler training camp beyond it being the harbinger of football season. The anticipation begins, but beyond that, well, you tell me. What's interesting about Steelers training camp? We get to see Mason Rudolph throw, but he's not going to play for at least two or three years, barring injury, so I'm not really moved by that. But anyway, Steelers training camp has begun. The big story really is, when does Le'Veon Bell show up? And he won't. I guess we're going to mark out watching Connor and Ridley and how well they play and still the Steelers don't need them to play at all. I mean, really, that's how it's going to go. They're going to get every carry, every rep, yada, yada. He looks good. He looks bad. And then Bell shows up and Connor and Ridley are on the pay-no-mind list. Oh, the new class for the Steelers' Hall of Honor will be announced Saturday. Nothing has ever been more overcooked than the idea of a Steelers Hall of Honor. The Steelers already have a Hall of Honor. It's located in Canton, Ohio. When you've won six Super Bowls and you have players, great players, play for this franchise as many and as long as the Steelers have had, If you're good enough, you go to Canton and you make the Pro Football Hall of Fame. If you don't, well, then you're not living up to the standard. And the standard is the standard. And for the Steelers, the standard resides in Canton, Ohio, and on every employee's ring finger. Uh, Here's some news I I can't believe I skipped over, but there's going to be a Deadwood film. You remember the HBO drama Deadwood? And it's supposed to be coming out in the spring of 2019. Now, will that be in theaters? I think it's going to be on HBO because HBO made the announcement. But even as HBO made the announcement, Sheriff Bullock said no effing way about the idea of a Deadwood movie. Sheriff Bullock, of course, being arguably the uh, primary character in the show, uh, played by actor Timothy Oliphant. You know, there was talk last year about a That 70s Show movie, which, of course, would be the greatest thing to ever happen. I, I guess you'd do a reunion. You know, like a high school reunion show, how many years later? But the only guy talking about that is Fez Valderrama and... I think he probably needs work worse than the others do, so he would be the one talking about it, trying to have a uh, self-fulfilling prophecy type of vibe going. 
Uh, a couple nights ago, a rookie starter pitched seven no-hit innings for St. Louis. And they pulled him and sent him to the minors, that Ponce de Leon kid. Wow. What's a guy have to do to keep getting a paycheck around here? Then last night, also at Cincinnati, another Cardinals rookie pitched six innings of no-hit ball in his first MLB start. For that to happen two nights in a row, that is certainly defying the odds. But somebody hit the fire alarm at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. The game was delayed, and when it resumed, it was like, boom, single, two-run homer. Actually, the alarm kind of sounded like the purge alarm. Woot, woot. I can't even imitate. The purge alarm is so cool. Uh, they purged this kid's no-hitter, that's for sure. Austin Gomber. But St. Louis did win. They're one game above 500 and a game and a half behind the Pirates. The Cardinals must feel real good about that being a game and a half behind the Pirates. The Pirates, uh, not this, uh, the Pirates before the loss today, three games out of the second wild card. Uh, three and a half now, obviously. Trevor Bauer just uh, broke their bats in two. He does that to a lot of teams. Uh, two hits over seven innings with 10 strikeouts. But the Pirates did gain five and a half games in the wild card race during the 11 game win streak. Now, I love when people say, why can't you just enjoy the streak? How exactly do I enjoy the streak? Do I get out the rubber gloves and KY jelly? Define enjoy. I'm watching more, I admit to that. I'm fair weather. I don't normally care much, but when they win, I do watch more. Like I said earlier in the program, nobody likes being told what to think. I don't tell you what to think, I tell you what I think. When you tell me what to think, you're taking on a notion of importance that you just don't have. You don't need to tell me what to think or how to act when it comes to the Pirates' win streak, which is now over, by the way. Let's see what happens in this Mets series. Let's see how many people show up and how the Pirates do in a series they should certainly do well in. They should win three out of four. In just 30 seconds, we're going to play the what-if game Where would the Pirates be if they had kept Cole and Hap? I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The X.